Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Hi, and welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast. Once again, we are getting together. Joel Brzezinski right over there. I'm Mike Kapler, and uh, hopefully bringing some encouragement to you, uh, not just by talking about old television shows and sports, <laughs> old music, or new music, uh, but you know we also like to talk about the new covenant grace that came through Jesus Christ, often referred to as good news, the gospel. Um, it's very different. What we talk about here is very, very different from a lot of traditional mindsets and and different uh, things that you've heard in in various uh, religious church buildings or whatever. And it's not that everything is is uh, bad, but we we've had people come to us before and say, you know, it seems like so much of what you guys talk about is the opposite of what I was taught for so many years, and I'm just trying to get free from some of that stuff because I've been living in, in misery from various religious backgrounds. So we're here to help you with that and tell a friend that we're here too. Uh, again, as we mentioned from time to time, our, our flagship website can be found with all of our past archived programs over the past 17 plus years. They're still there at growingingrace.org. Mr. Brzezicki. Yes, and I won't get into this, but I do kind of wonder if we would, you know, this is podcast 888. So out of all of the podcasts that we've done, all the references that we've, done to old TV shows and stuff like that. I just wonder how many references there would be. I don't know, <laughs> but and I don't tag them or we don't they're usually not included in the title and in the description, so there's no way of telling unless unless one of our listeners who has listened to all of our podcasts and there are people who have done that. If you would just kindly go back and do that again and write down any reference that we made so we can have a list. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> just have a paper and pencil ready. Yes. So any references to to the Fonz, to um, uh, Laverne and Shirley, to Skipper. Seinfeld, to uh, anything. Okay, so we'll wait for that list. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a thorn in the flesh for me until I get that figured out. I think we're a thorn in the flesh for some religious people out there. But, <laughs> Probably. Or a thorn in the spirit, if there is such a thing. Um, <laughs> hey, uh... Let's talk about that for a second, Joel. I, I, it's possible that uh, somewhere along the way we, we did bring up the, the topic of Paul's thorn in the flesh. And oh my, over the years when I was stuck in um, various uh, religious brands, um, that, that sometimes during a Sunday sermon would, would pop up and, and uh, you would get all kinds of different perspectives and interpretations on it. None of them seemed real good to me. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk about Paul's thorn in the flesh. And the thing I would lead in with this is you don't have to stop and try to figure everything out with this, right. <laughs> like a lot of things in the Bible. Um, I, I think sometimes we, and, and sometimes I like to do it too, but sometimes we like to get into the weeds and sometimes they get kind of tall and it's it's just easy to get disoriented and lost and, and maybe miss out on, on the bigger picture or the, the bigger point. And so we're going to try to keep this as, as simple as possible. We'll just do this one show uh, on Paul's thorn in the flesh, which was brought up by Paul in, in 2 Corinthians 
chapter 12. And let's see where I can start here. Uh, Maybe verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. So Paul here, you know, he's he's had these tremendous revelations taught to him, uh, sometimes perhaps directly by, by God himself regarding the new covenant of grace uh, and other things perhaps. So lest, uh, lest he be exalted above measure by the abundance of those revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. And so people are trying to figure out, well, what is this thorn? And, and there's all kinds of speculation on that. So we're going to try to avoid that. Actually, Paul says what it was, uh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, to cuff me around, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of God or power of Christ may rest upon me. Um, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in weaknesses, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So what a lot of people will interpret here, Joel, is that I, I asked God three times for him to take this thorn away from me, and he said no. He said, my grace is good enough for you, son, um, and you're going to have to <laughs> live with that thing. Um, but that's not what Paul said. The thing I would point out before I get Joel back in here is that when he said, my grace is sufficient for you, uh, that word sufficient uh, is kind of a key thing in this passage. Uh, in, In the Greek, it means to be able to assist, to ward off, and to defend. It means sufficiency. It means unfailing strength, strong enough to suffice, to be enough. And so we're led to believe sometimes by religious messages that Paul had to live with this thing, but Paul was really making the point that God was saying, look, you have weaknesses and you need to embrace them because when you do, then you realize that you're not working in your own strength, but God's strength in you. Right. And and another thing to point out that I don't, I don't know if it's ever been pointed out in any time I've ever heard this talked about, is the larger context here. We talk a lot about this. We talked about it last week. But Paul didn't just decide right here he's going to talk about a thorn in the flesh. If you go back to the previous chapter and as he continues, there are people who questioned who he was as an apostle. And he was telling them, yeah. Without getting into the whole thing, he was saying, you know what, I don't need to prove myself to you, but here, look at the things I've been through. Look, I'm an apostle. You know, God set me up this way. It's, it's who I am. Because even after the, the passage you read, the part you read, I have become a fool in boasting. You have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended by you for in nothing was I behind the most eminent apostles, though I am nothing. Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. So he's saying, I don't want to brag about myself, and I'm not bragging about myself, but because people are questioning me, here's my credentials, just so you know. But in the middle of that, and so that's just kind of a side note there, um, but in the middle of that, he's he, like you say, he's saying about this thorn in the flesh that was given to him because of all of these things, 
he's saying um, because of these revelations, because of all these things that were given to him, which again, he's trying to let these people know that I do have something to stand on when I'm preaching this message of grace to you. You know, I was made this messenger by God himself, but my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. What I get out of this, and indeed, I've, like you, I've heard all kinds of people trying to uh, wonder about what was Paul's thorn in the flesh and, and try to relate it to their own life. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. That's my thorn in the flesh. I don't think that was what Paul was trying to communicate here. He wasn't trying to get people to figure out their own thorn in the flesh or even to figure out exactly, exactly what had happened to him. But his takeaway, my grace, God told him, his takeaway from all this was God told him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And the word that he uses for sufficient, to be possessed of unfailing strength, to be strong, to suffice, to be enough, to defend, to ward off, to be satisfied, to be contented. Um, That's what God's grace was there for him. So no matter what he went through, no matter what was going on, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. So therefore, he'll most gladly boast about his infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So I think it's not so much about trying to figure out what his thorn was or you know, you know, specifically what this messenger of Satan was. Was this message because people will ask, was this messenger of Satan from God? Why would God send a messenger of Satan? Uh, it, all these questions come up and people can get into the weeds on all of this. But again, what I, what I get out of this is Paul's takeaway. All of this happened, Paul's takeaway was that God's grace was sufficient for him. And because of that grace, the pow- he would rest in all of these things that happened to him, and all of his in- infirmities, and all these things, persecutions and distresses, so that be- because God's grace caused the power of Christ to rest upon him so that when he's weak, he's strong because it's not his own strength, but it's God's strength. Yeah. The, the strength, his strength was made perfect in weakness. You know, so instead of God saying, no, I'm not going to do that after Lord, take this away. Three times I asked him and he take this thing away. And he told me no. Um, but that's not what it says. Take it. My grace is sufficient for you. Paul, you have the power to do something about it. This is why I'm in you. I, I work through you. It's my strength in you that can take this thing away. So uh, he had no problem in, in uh, embracing those infirmities and, and those uh, weaknesses, uh, those distresses, and those persecutions. And you know what he told Timothy? Um, let's see, Second Timothy chapter 3. My persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all, the Lord delivered me. Yet from them all, the Lord rescued mm. me. Um, so there you go. I, I think we can put the thorn on the shelf. <laughs> as long as it doesn't scratch the shelf. Yes. I, because... I think we fingered out the thorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, so K-I-S-S, keep it simple. Silly. Keep it simple, stupid. However you want to say it. We try so hard to figure things out that we really don't need to figure out. Just remember that God's grace is sufficient. He delivers us. You know, his his grace is so much bigger 
than what we can imagine. And I think Paul learned from this, um, from what God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. I mean, I don't know what it would have been like to be the Apostle Paul. I just have no clue. I don't think we any of us really realizes all the things that he went through. And at one point, I think it's somewhere in the... Uh, if it's the book of Acts, or what or Paul said that, you know, they were distressed to the point of wanting to die. I mean, they were really, really distressed, or at least they were fearing that they were going to die. And uh, yet, it was through that that Paul learned that God's grace is sufficient. God, you know, God was going to deliver him from these things that he went through. Uh, the takeaway is, is what I get out of a lot of things that Paul says. So many times we just read a verse here and a verse there, and we don't really see what Paul is really saying in the big picture. And I think the big picture here is that, yes, indeed, God delivers us. God's grace is sufficient. And it's, it's not that we have to remain in a horrible, horrible situation uh, because God's telling us no. I don't think that's what Paul is saying here. No, I, I think, you know, a lot of people have the idea that, that grace is just God looking the other way when somebody sins. Grace equips us. Yes. I mean, it, grace is really God in us, but it, grace equips us. And uh, not only, um, you know, some people, again, with this thorn thing, they just have the mindset that Paul had to put up with it. I think grace equips us to overcome. And I, I think sometimes that, that gets easily overlooked or shoved under the table sometimes, even by us well-meaning grace people. Um, and, and so God, God working in and through us, uh, we we were able to overcome e- even some of the the things that we're surrounded by in this life, uh, like the things that that Paul was was going through. But you're you're right, Joel. You you made a good point earlier in that uh, even when that chapter started off in in Second Corinthians, uh, Paul pointed out that uh, he had this uh, experience where he uh, went to uh, like a, a heavenly place, and and that's where he came to this. You know, uh, I I was given something to bring me down a little bit, but. I, it doesn't necessarily mean that Paul had to put up with this thorn in the flesh. This messenger of Satan would, would would cuff him around a little bit. We don't know the specifics of it. I don't think we have to try to you know try to figure out what that is exactly. But Paul said it's a messenger of Satan came to buffet me. This passage, based on what we've been talking about today, seems to imply, if you look at it carefully, um, that God equipped Paul with this grace to overcome that. Yeah, and just real quick as we as we end here, just all, what you said about grace being you know equipping us and and not just like uh, forgiveness of sins or when we sin, okay, gr- grace covers us. It's grace is far bigger than that. And in his previous epistle to the Corinthians, so we were talking about Second Corinthians, but in First Corinthians fifteen, Paul is is kind of again um, talking about his credentials. But he, he says, for I am the least of the apostles. It's so in his mindset, he's being humble. Um, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. So Paul realizes that he himself had formerly persecuted the church. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than all that. He's talking about the other apostles. Yet not I but the grace of God, which was with me. So that's what grace does. Grace isn't just this, uh, oh, thank, thankfully I'm forgiven for the things that I've done. It's far more than that. It equips us. It caused Paul to labor abundantly for the sake of the gospel. 
He's not talking about works that he, he did um, to make himself right with God, but he's saying that being saved and being called by God, it was God's grace that enabled him to labor abundantly for the sake of the gospel. So that's what grace does. Grace is so much bigger than forgiveness, but it's, it's really, it really does equip us and, and enables us to, to do the things that God has called us to do in this life. And, you know, to further the point that grace has so much more to do with other things than it has to do with sin, we'll talk next week about somebody who had never sinned, and yet the Bible says that he needed grace. You know who I'm talking about. Jesus, of course, he had never sinned. But the Bible does say that the grace of God was upon him. So if he never sinned, why would Jesus need grace? We'll talk next week about the importance of grace and why even someone such as Jesus would need it. Next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.